my good mate Phil. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He is trapped in the Upside Down. Anyway, on with the show. Mr. Phil, how are you? I would be well, Mr. Drew, and how would you be? Well, I hope. Not, yeah, yeah, not too shabby. I think I've um, come through my my weird winter cold. Isn't that fantastic? To the listeners, they'd be absolutely none the wiser as to uh, one, how well, you're feeling. No, one, how you're feeling, and two, where the hell I am. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. This world of internet and this world of pre-recording and podcasting. Given that last week's episode was, what, 10, 15 weeks ago? 10 weeks old, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. There's something really... Yeah. yeah, there's something way kind of kept in the... Uh, the arsenal for at some point when we really didn't have an opportunity to record and then it came out there it was and now we get another opportunity to record and of course that means doing something or talking about something that we um i don't think hinted on enough the last time we recorded an episode which is when we were talking about netflix things um agreed of course it is or it was it has been the third season of Stranger Things. That's what we'd like to talk to you about this week on Kent and the Steering Team. See, we're always up to date with, well, I say up to date, relatively at a date with stuff, I it's guess. It's still current. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's, Every, it's, everyone is still talking about it. It's current enough that it's current enough that enough people have seen it so that if we give spoilers, uh, it's not so bad um, and it means we can talk about it properly. So there. See? Nice. Yeah. We did well. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so this is season three of Stranger Things, of course. Um, season three starts off um, a year after the events of season two. Um, mm. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Eleven and Mike, as you would have remembered at the end of season two, if you do remember it, um, there was the uh, big dance, the school dance, and uh, Mike sat there on his own with no one to dance with. Um, Dustin um, had no one to dance with lucas managed to speak uh, managed to dance with max um yep uh, and then will was also kind of on his own uh, no in fact no no will danced with the girl too no, the girl the, the girl asked him to dance oh that's right yeah that, that that's right yeah um so here we are now a year later mike and 11 are a full-on couple of course they should that kiss at the end lucas and max are now a couple um poor dustin is all on his own or is he um, cause he gets back bum, bum, from, bum. yeah, he gets back from his, um, summer, summer camp, camp and we basically hear about this girl named Susie, uh, but we have absolutely no idea what the hell is going on with that because we never hear anything of her more than that. He tries to make radio contact with her. We don't hear anything. And then there's Will on his own, um, the show kind Just of wanting to play D and D exactly the show hints unintentionally, but also kind of open endedly hints that he may not be interested in girls really maybe he's gay maybe he's not maybe he's just still feeling the effects of what happened to him in season one and two we don't know 
But um, mm. yeah, that's where we set off for season three of Stranger Things. Drew. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> we of course know the, the, the big the big feature of this season, the big kind of set piece for this season, is now a mall called Starcourt. Obviously, all the um, issues that happened in Hawkins, um, the labs and everything like that, have all been shut down. Hopper is now the legal guardian or father of of Eleven. Um, but yes. yeah, there's now this mall called the Starcourt Mall. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it's it's causing downtown Haw- um, Hawkins to kind of close down Bumble. and become a tumbleweed valley. Nothing's going on. It's desolate and abandoned because everyone is now in this mall. That's where all the fun is. Uh, Steve... Um, who used to be with Nancy in season two, but then they broke up, is now <coughs> working at a a mall called Scoops Ahoy with a former classmate of his, Robin. Um, and they, uh, yeah, he didn't get into college, so there he is. Now he's kind of, he was the popular guy in school. Nothing's really happening there. Um, we have Nancy. But he's and, happy. Yeah, exactly. Nancy and Jonathan, um, who is Will's older brother, who are... In a relationship as well. jobs at the local paper. Exactly. They're in the Hawkins Gazette. Um, Jonathan is a a respected photographer. And uh, Nancy is not much more than a sandwich girl, but she would like to be the next big thing, basically. Yeah. So that's where we are. That's where we kind of get set up. We have Billy there. Billy's now working at the community pool as lifeguard. Um, And he's really working it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's flirting with absolutely everyone, including Mike's mother. Um, and several of the other mothers um, down at the pool because he knows you can get away with them because of his uh, his looks and his locks. And then, Drew, what goes on with Mrs. Wheeler and Billy? If oh. you can remember. Do you want me to tell you? Clearly not enough went on. Not enough. But remember, he was on. they were on their way to meet each other. Um, they were. They were. And... Uh... They ne- had neither of them trouble. exactly. Neither of them made it. Mrs. Wheeler kind of got cold feet, and Billy had a crash because something possessed it him. His windscreen. Mm. Exactly. Uh, it was the mind flayer, in fact, which we thought was gone because at the end of season two, remember, eleven yeah, closed. Disappeared off into the. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, eleven closed the door, well, the gate. Eleven. Eleven closed the gate, but the Mind Flayer left Will and went out into the sky. Yeah, it ne- we never saw where it went. Yeah. And basically, it didn't go back, is the aim. Um, <coughs> so, from there, we kind of noticed that a uh, massive power outage causes the magnets not to work anymore. Um, and Joyce, who is Will's mum, you know, played by... Um, Actual 80s child star Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so perfect kind of fitting in this world. Um, <clears throat> of course. Yeah, she, obviously because of all the things that happened with Will, starts to kind of try and solve the issue with um, Hopper as well. Um, so they start their adventure in that sense. Obviously they're still reeling, well, she's still reeling from the, the death of uh, Bob. Um, but anyway, so they're solving off that one. The kids are all doing their thing. And then, you know... Um, Dustin tries to show off everyone that he has this girlfriend named Susie, but there's 
you know, he has this massive kind of ham radio set up with this massive satellite dish to try and talk to her, and there's no contact. And then suddenly, as soon as everyone walks off, we hear this crackling of this Russian coming through instead. Yep. So, yeah, the show kind of kicks off from there. Conspiracy, the malls all behind it. Yada yada yada. Do you notice it just goes wrong. it sort of moves at breakneck speed from that point? Yeah, it does. It really does. And and that's that's what I like about season three. Season two I found kinda slow, a little bit annoying. I didn't really like the whole when Eleven runs away and she starts talking to those people in Chicago. I found that yeah, a bit Yeah, I don't like that episode. I, I thought that was just a bit crap. And they also they also didn't do enough with that. What does it mean? Like, what does any of that mean? Does it mean there's other people like... Like, they didn't take it anywhere. So this... So season three, I kind of feel, despite the fact that they use bigger kind of themes, like the Russians, the conspiracy of Russians kind of being there and it turning out to be that there really are Russians there. um, Yeah. There's bigger themes at play, but the story focuses... Yeah, the story focuses a lot more on what, what it should, which is just the town yeah. and the people that we know and the main characters um yeah it tells a smaller story exactly and and not i'm not i don't mean it in the sense that it's a more believable story but it's just it's a it's a, it doesn't try to introduce too many themes and therefore kind of get ahead of itself and therefore not be able to tell a proper story and get a bit yeah. you know wishy-washy and a bit chaotic and then suddenly try and wrap it up very quickly which i feel like season two kind of did Season three very much um, has a couple of things at play and a couple of story groups at play, and it just lets them play out properly. And the the way that they interact with each other is through some very consistent, very um, structured, very simple themes. Like, for example, Hopper and Joyce's story interacts with the kids' story, one through Will, but two through Eleven and Mike's relationship getting in the way of Hopper and... Eleven's relationship, um, something like that. You know, the way that uh, Dustin steers a little bit clear of the other group of friends, and that's because of this, this, there's the lack of belief that he has a girlfriend when he does, but also the fact that he was away for summer camp. It means that when he's instead uh, hanging out with um, Steve and Robin that story can continue on as well. And the interaction there is that they start hanging out as well with um, Lucas's younger sister. So there's another link to that story. These stories are linked loosely, but also very structured as well. So it's a really well-told story that just doesn't... At no point in the show does it slow down, which in other seasons we've found it kind of go massive start, bit boring in the middle massive end this one's been really nice and consistent the whole way through every episode seems to have been a big theme or a big story you know we had the fourth of july episode which wasn't the finale it wasn't the first episode it was just in the middle of the the, the show randomly and it told such an important part because it, it introduced everyone to um the mind flayer yeah it's good like they told it properly it was a really well told story and it's it's it reminded me a lot of season one of stranger things which was just an awesome kind of fun ride and when you got to the end of it you're a bit like oh it's finished like you're disappointed that it was finished season two uh, yeah it had a strong ending but it was kind of like oh thank goodness they managed to finish that in in like a decent way um but you felt happy that it was ending because you were satisfied that they got to an end 
Whereas this one, they've gotten to the end, and you're like, no, just let's just have more now, please. I I, I would agree. I I really like season two personally, with the mm-hmm. exception of episode seven, where it takes that silly little detour. But this season three just it absolutely nails it. It gets mm-hmm. everything that it should. It gives you all the nostalgic references that you could ever hope for, including the one that absolutely was my favorite that we'll touch upon later, Mm -hmm. but it just, it it understood. It's like, yep, we know what we are. We're going to stick to basics and just make sure that we're in it for fun. Yeah, exactly. And it gives you one wild ride. Well, I I think that it really strongly tells a, a complete story. Um, Oh yeah. Whereas other seasons uh, season two again probably wasn't as strong as season one. Again, I've liked all three seasons no. very much, but it definitely wasn't as strong as season one. Um, it kind of started to spread out a bit too far, and each episode started yeah. having that little bit of. Um, um, it had that whole annoying thing of of cliffhangers at the end of episodes. This season still did that because it kind of has to because it's a series, but it also played on the fact that Netflix is the kind of thing where you kind of go from one episode to the next to the next and you can watch it in one complete story. It doesn't repeat itself too much or cliffhanger itself too much. Um, Again, not to say it didn't, but it didn't do it to the extent that it it played to Netflix's strengths a lot more than the other, than season two did, I think. Yeah. Uh, On on the, on the topic of watching it in, in one go, Mm -hmm. how quickly did you watch it? Not very quickly at all. In fact, Sarah and I um, started it, I think, I think on the 4th of July or so. I think we did, but we watched yeah. it over a couple of nights. In fact, we only we, we watched the last episode basically over three nights because we just watched a little bit each night. Um, okay. Yeah, so we, we it took us a little while, and we didn't finish it, in fact, till last night, which for us was um, Monday, oh, wow. night, okay. Monday night to Tuesday. We, we had finished it. We just didn't do the little epilogue part at the end um, that, ah, we, that we watched. So we knew the big thing... Um, the big kind of catch or, or big kind of moment the for the show, the reveal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we hadn't watched that little bit just at the end there. Okay. Yeah. So we watched it over mm. a little bit of time, but it look, how, how did you find it splitting it up? I, I did the polar opposite <laughs> to you. I watched the whole thing the day it came out and it just, I don't blame you because it would have been a nice consistent it's... story. Um, no, it was it's, an eight-hour movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, it worked. It did work still for us. <clears throat> and and it worked okay. because, because I still appreciated, even though obviously cliffhangers and recaps and things like that are in place specifically for situations like Sarah and I did, where we watched it one episode a day, basically. Mm. But it still worked really well having, <clears throat> you know... you you're not a week into it like you would be with a conventional television show. So you don't need the recap. I watched it yesterday. So it still worked perfectly fine. You know, you'd think about it throughout the day, what happened and you'd be like, okay, I'm ready for the next part. I'm ready for the next episode. Yes. I can't wait to see, you know, what it was and, 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 uh, see where we go next. You don't need the explanation. You just seen it. So I, it still worked fantastically well. And, and I didn't have an issue with kind of the timing of it okay. at all. Mm-hmm. And obviously for you, okay. I guess that that worked in your favor as well. Oh yeah, 
I do, like I'm actually I've struggled to get my head around the idea of not watching it that way. Like I yeah. I, I can't imagine <clears throat> watching it broken up, especially on the first go because it was so it was so clear in its story that you just you just went from episode to episode because it tells the the whole season takes place over a couple of days. Yeah, it, exactly. It's not like there are there are logical gaps of time between the episodes. There's there's no time gap in between each episode. You just continue the story in very real time. Mm. You know, so that, I, I, I couldn't get my head around that. Well, well, I, I, I did appreciate that this season was only over a couple of days. You know, the fact that we heard the mayor in, I think, the second episode even referenced the fact that 4th of July is in a few days' time. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, we, and then, you know, two episodes later at the 4th of July, like, things did happen really quickly. Um, I, I, it, it, it almost felt unique. I don't know many TV shows that have kind of played over just a couple of days. Normally they all play over Not weeks. Many. You know, Lost is one of them where they kind of try to play over a couple of days or, or, you know, a very short period of time, but the format doesn't work because when there's a week in between it, each episode and years in between, well, you know, six months between each season, it doesn't make sense for the characters to be looking different. And it's only been three days since they kind of got on the island. Like it just, it just doesn't work properly. I think that this format worked so well for their idea. It literally was just a giant movie cut up, you know, into, into these yeah. episodes. I mean, even if you look at the runtime, they're all slightly different. It's because they just made, as much as they needed to, and then said, "Okay, yep, that's the end of that's the end of this episode because this is the the most logical point to stop it before the next one." Yeah, well, that well, that's how it felt, and that's what David Lynch did for season three of Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's right. You told me that it's just a complete yeah. single episode yeah. or movie, basically cut up. Yeah, it was an eighteen-hour movie that he shot, and then. After he'd shot the whole thing, that's when he went back and cut it up into the episodes. That works, though. That format works for for yeah. a Netflix kind of world. Um, I'm not too sure what, what um, Twin Peaks was launched on. Well, season three was launched on. Was it on US television or was that? Uh, we got it once, one episode a week on Stan, mm-hmm. but it was a it was a CBS All Access or something, I think. Okay, that's cool. So then it... it I don't know. But, it but could it, play but it to was, that. It, yeah, it, it was one a week, but it... Uh, but there's... I guess there's, I guess it would be what, what Stranger Things felt like because every episode did leave you with somewhat of a cliffhanger because of the nature of it and and it created that water cooler talk again. And, and that's allowed. Like, there is nothing wrong with having a week break. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just... yeah. It, it depends on how you fin- finish your episode before, whether you're going to have it. If you have a giant cliffhanger, okay, I, I kind of understand why you have a a week break. But if you're, if you're trying to just tell one consistent story without feeling like you want to waste your time having to build up this thing that's actually going to be nothing by the time the episode starts the following week, who cares yeah. what just happened? That doesn't count for anything. You know, I think it's more bold and more respectful or more respectable this in, in this world to just do away with cliffhangers and just get on with telling the story. Um, 
And Stranger Things did that, and I'm sure if David Lynch did that where he just made it and then went back and cut it up, that would have done the same thing and just skipped the idea of a cliffhanger. Who cares about a cliffhanger if you're going to... You, you're not going to stop watching it if, if it's not going to catch I you. Think it only, yeah. I think it only feels like it because it's telling a very concise story over a short period of time, so cutting it up anywhere is going to feel like that. Because mm. I, I didn't feel like when, when I sat down to watch Stranger Things, I wanted to watch it in one day, but it came out so late. Mm-hmm. It came out here at, at 5 p.m. I started it at 6 p.m. And it was most of my day already gone by mm-hmm. that point. So I, I wasn't even sure that I was going to do the whole thing in one go. But every time I got to the end of an episode, I went, well, this does not feel like a logical place to stop. Mm-hmm. So I kept going and, you know, by the time it was, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning, I knew that I was going to go to the end and by ten past three in the morning, I finished it. But good, good job. I, I, I couldn't not. It was so riveting. It was. It was so engaging and you just couldn't help it. But, I did, I, you know, Especially, I'd get to something. Mm. Like by the time you get to the Battle of Starcourt, you're like, no. Nah. You got to keep going now. Well, I, I, I think that that almost it's almost worth talking about probably the saddest loss um, or saddest moment on the show, yes. and that was when um, our dearly beloved Alexi got shot. I know. <laughs> you thought I was going to say the other one, probably. Um, uh, for a minute, and then I I know you. You, <laughs> you never. No, yeah, we'll get to the other one shortly, but oh, poor Alexi, he was getting that, so that interviewed. That made me so sad. He was getting so into the US life lifestyle and, and having so much fun, but, uh, you know. What did Hopper keep calling him? What did he call him? Um, kept calling him something else. Yeah, he called, oh, he didn't call him Strawberry, he called him, oh shit, this is going to play in my mind now. Um, it wasn't to do with the Slurpee. It, he he had a name. Yeah, yeah. Him. He called. He... I don't know. It'll come. Hopefully, it'll come come to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, now I want to know. Um, I wonder if you can Google this sort of thing. Well, try to Google. Ha, ha, go have a look. T- tell me. Tell me if you can see it. Please. Um, of course, one of the I other. Love it. What was it? it? Predicted it for me. What What did it come up with? What does Hopper call Alexi? Yeah, Smirnoff. That's it. Ah, uh, okay, because he's Russian, of course. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus, Hopper. Uh, Alexi is fantastic. I, I do like how Hopper calls Alexi's bluff. Um, challenges him to the idea that, oh, you, you're. You think you're going to escape, are you? You think you're going to get, get away from here. You're going to, here, take my car keys, get into the car. You can drive away. This is after they've um, kidnapped um, Alexi. And uh, that idea of, I'm just going to put my laptop on charge. Uh, that idea that, um, you know, you're free to go back if you want to, Alexi, but uh, you're probably going to get, um, you know, they're going to assume that you're working with the Americans now. So therefore, you probably shouldn't go back. And there he is. He gets in his in the car, drives off. Um, Joyce and uh, what's um, Hopper's Hopper's friend the um, the scientist friend I'm going to find that name because I can't remember his name actually oh the the um, they called him Bald Eagle basically um, the thingo plays um, 
da, 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 da. I'm just trying to find his name. Look at this. We were going the so Paul, slick. Paul Reeser. Yeah. Is poison. I'm just trying to find his name. Jesus. This is going to do my head in. I'm looking at something that's got all the, a list of all the, the people in it. Um, Dr. Sam Owens. <clears throat> is it Murray? Is it just, it's not Murray. Okay. Never mind. Um, which, which one? The man with Alexi the whole time. Who's with Alexi when Alexi gets... Oh, yeah, it's him. Murray. It's Murray. Um, so Murray, Murray um, and Alexi are there, and, and the poor things are there, um, frightened out of their mind that Hopper's about to let Alexi go, but then Hopper just says, not nah, just wait, and then you hear the car start up, and the car start to drive off, and Joyce and Murray are both like, no, he's getting away, and then they all run out front, and there in the driveway <laughs> is the car, but the car is come to a halt, because Alexi knows that Hopper's right. And he comes back to them, and then he gives them all their answers, and then they go into town to go and uh, hang out at the uh, state, or the, the the fair, the Fourth of July fair, and uh, yep. <clears throat> and then we get to uh, yeah the, the the evil Russian, the Russian enforcer, uh, who's at the state fair as well, kills Alexei because he knows that exactly as Hopper said he would he's now been working with the Americans. So Lexi meets an untimely death, and uh, but the rest escape for Starcourt, basically, um, and uh, the the showdown, basically, because yep, Billy obviously is now um, the the face of the Mind Flayer, I guess, um, and has recruited enough people that this thing can now come for them all, and uh, or come for Eleven specifically, um, and yep, then they all converge on Starcourt. Cool. Indeed, they do. I thought that it was fantastic. The the Russian kind of lab, underground lab. I thought that was really well done too. That was very clever. And I love the fact that they actually took over an entire shopping mall to turn into Starcourt. Well, not just that. Not just did they take it over, but they've. You know, it's a live set. That thing existed. People have now broken into it and had a look at it and stuff like that before they dismantle it. Um, yeah. Yeah, what a fantastic set that is. How clever is that? Um, and, and I appreciate the fact that the the, the Duffer brothers um, yep. wanted to have the set so complete and therefore a real thing rather than just bits of a set so that they could actively on set try and work out what kind of angles and shots and from where you know they wanted to to film it and 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 so they completely created this entire segment of a, of a mall it was a real mall and they've they made it so real and they've got such fantastic 80s kind of um versions of real shops as well as made up ones as well um the cinema was great i love the fact that back to the future was was on <laughs> playing it yes at the movie yes that was really cool. it drove it drove me nuts at the beginning of the season when I saw the poster on the wall, mm-hmm. and of course, like I, I knew what time period they were, they were setting it in. I'm going, come on, Back to the Future's playing here. Wait, why aren't you acknowledging this? My all-time favorite movie is part of this scene. Mm-hmm. Why is it not a thing? Like, come on. And of course, they were saving it for much later in the season when so much more, and there is a complete kind of interaction with oh. and Steve, Steve, Robin. Um, Dustin and Lucas's sister are all in that, that, that the theatre sitting there and the film's on so good. and just the way that Steve has absolutely no understanding of how the film 
works. Or he does, but he, on I a very, that. very rudimentary level, he's just like, oh, he's trying to sleep with his mother. It's not true. His mother's how, trying to sleep with him. How good is Robin? Yeah, Robin's fantastic. She's that proper kind of pop culture, um, sees straight through a situation, totally loves the kind of the chaos of it all. And, you know, there's none of this freaking out and being fearful and running away scared, just absolutely tackles it head on, helps kind of crack the, the, the fact that Steve and Dustin are such good friends and Dustin's a child compared to Steve. But no, she doesn't have an yep. issue with that. She just kind of casually takes the piss out of Steve a little bit, but also, yeah, just hap- no problem. Like, it doesn't, people are people. Who cares who you're friends with and stuff like that? And then um, helps them solve the Russian kind of um, spy... The code. Code. And they understand that the, the, the Russian lab is there in Hawkins underneath Starcourt, so therefore they, they solve where the base is. They make it happen. Yes, yeah, she, she has a very big part to play in all of it. Yeah, she links all the stories to... Not, not Actually, no, she doesn't link the stories together. She just helps... One, she helps soften the scenes, make them more believable and, and more credible. Um, she also kind of justifies that understanding of Russian. She played a great big part in, mm. in trying to make it a bit more understandable there um but also it gave them that extra offsider to work with in that all those scenes and and um you know you can't just have steve on his own as the only kind of big or, or adult there i guess or, or big kid you need someone a little bit more um alongside him especially if nancy and jonathan are off in, in their world you got to have someone there for steve as well so i thought that she was the perfect character she's also a great strong as well as L um, or Eleven, um, great female kind of person to, to rally behind. I don't think Max is a very strong character. Max annoys me a little bit. In fact, Max annoys me a lot. But Eleven and, and definitely Robin. And I Joyce. like Max, but I but I think she has a very different place in all of this. Ah, uh, she's almost the the she's the soft chaos for it, and yeah. and and I I'm, by that I mean she's the chaos for mucking around with the relationships rather than the actual storyline even her relationship with billy wasn't significant enough like it it just she just wasn't yeah she didn't no, play fair. a significant role i find that's annoys me about her is that she's causing chaos when it's kind of like who cares about that just get on with a real story but no we didn't yeah that's fair uh let's now, you, yes you go. before we dive across are you aware of who played robin no. Who played Robin? Her name is Maya Hawke. She is the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Really? For real. I didn't know I didn't know that at all. I didn't that's, know either until after I finished the show. That's a fun fact. Yeah. That's a cool one. She's a cool person. Yeah. She's got cool parents. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow, I didn't... That's fantastic. There's a, good yeah. little, there's a good little tidbit for you listeners out there. Just just for you. Yeah. We're always fun providing facts. those... Yeah, always providing the... Fun, 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 fun facts. Yes, that's cool. Wow. Uh, also, fun yeah. fact, um, in episode two of Stranger Things season three, Mike wears a shirt that looks uh, awfully yes. similar <laughs> to an Ikea uniform of present day which tells you a little bit something about Ikea uniforms of present day, and that is that they look like they're from the 80s. 
They probably are. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. It saves on money. Yeah. Uh, so there's another fun fact for you. Um, Drew, what was your opinion of the Russian? The big, scary, kind of head Russian honcho. Scary guy. Uh, very stereotypical, I, but necessary. Very very stereotypical, and I thought that felt appropriate, given that the, the whole... Well, what was them playing up Red Dawn? Mm-hmm. Because Stranger Things, if nothing else, it makes sure to tip its hat to the things that influenced it in, in very not-so-subtle ways. So this season was very much tipping the hat to things like Red Dawn... Uh, Terminator. Terminator mm-hmm. was a big one there with with big scary Russian. We well, will definitely. About. Well, the the big scary Russian was very Termina- Terminator esque because of the fact that he was yeah. almost indestructible. You know, you couldn't couldn't deal with him. And Hopper, who's a tough guy, just kept getting his ass handed to him by this guy. Oh yeah, but he looked like a Terminator. He just did. Just he had the he had the the right haircut around. too. He did. And I just, every time I saw him, I just could just hear the music playing in my head going, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Whenever you'd see him at the, the fun fan, you could see him in the background walking over to them. I just had that, that, that music. Or when they're in the house of oh. mirrors, the hall of mirrors, and you could, <laughs> I had the same music, just this guy just walking in behind Hopper, who's run ahead, scared, hiding. Yeah, kept having that kind of moment. I... I, I assume you were you deeply appreciated the scenes where they were crawling through the ventilation shaft. Yep, yep, exactly. It it um, yeah brought back uh, many a, a piece of nostalgia for me. Reminded me very much of things like Die Hard, for example. Um, Which is funny. Die Hard came out after the time that this show was set. Mm, but it kind of did fall fall into that sort of idea. I do also appreciate yeah. the the nicknames, the fact that Murray, the the bald scientist, who's very unimpressed with the fact that he's going bald, had the co- uh, call sign of Bald Eagle. Yes. I thought that was very clever. Again, just it's clever. It's clever writing because it's a bunch of clever kids, but they play them. They play them as kids being kids, but also getting away with being able to be little smartasses because they're just children, but very smart children. It's very real, isn't it? Mm, it's very clever. Um, but of course, then that leads to one of the sadder kind of parts of the show, and that is the. Well, you know, we, there's speculation, but we can only speculate at this stage. The loss of yes. one of our dearest, dearest characters. Hopper. Yeah. Oh, dear Hopper. So, uh, obviously, there's the scene where it all kind of goes wrong. Um, they're down in the, um, the 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 Russian lab, and um, they're coming and he across has to make the, the e- sacrifice. Exactly, he, the, the the big scary Russian gets them just as about they're about to turn the key to turn off the thing that's forcing the, the gate open into um, upside down, mm. and then um, they get into a big fight. And obviously, if you turn the keys, you're supposed to be behind the glass because you'll be totally evaporated or something. Um, they get into a fight. Hopper pushes the guy into the the machine, um, makes it kind of go yep. on the fritz a bit, so it's causing a, a bolt of electricity to come out of it and therefore stopping Hopper from getting out of there. Um, and then um, he tells Joyce to turn the key, and she does. And everyone in that room, we see the Russians in that room, 
all get vaporized and turn to nothing. It. Yep. We 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 can only kind of speculate because they played that scene a bit interestingly. That one and the post credit scene. I hope you all stayed and saw the post credit scene at the end of the the first seat uh, the the end of the the last episode. Um, there's, we don't see Hopper disappear, but we are led to believe what happened to him based on what happened to the other Russians, whether they did that because they didn't think it was particularly, um, kind or, or didn't show much dignity towards such a strong player to see him get just evaporated like that. Like maybe that would have been too painful for the audience to see. Um, or whether yeah. it was meant to hint at something else, like maybe he survived, maybe he's gone to the underground, or whether he somehow jumped to safety in a room where there was no safety besides behind the glass. Um, and we saw that everyone else in the room had turned to a pile of ash. We didn't see Hopper in a pile of ash, mainly because the floor below him was a metal grate, so his ashes could have fallen through that, but it so looks he wouldn't like, be there. But it looks like part of the metal grate is lifted up when it shows it after. Yeah, true. So, see, this, there's so many things that are kind of hinting at, did he make it out of it, or is he actually actually dead? Is he gone? You know, there was the sad part of L reading that note, um, which is the speech that he was supposed to deliver for between Mike and Eleven. Ended up being just that total grilling that he gave Mike, and that ended up causing... Three the inches. To break up. Three inches. Just three leave inches. the door three inches apart. But anyway... They caused all the drama, and um, he never gave the speech. But now Elle got to read the speech, and um, yeah, made a breakdown in tears as she was driving off with um, Joyce and Will, the buyers, um, who to left start town and yeah, left the house. Left the house, left it all behind to go and start a new life. Um, I don't know yeah. how I feel about that. No, but they were going to do it anyway. They, they were because they were meant to have left before when Bob died. Um, Joyce never got got over that either, uh, and it's yeah. that's sad for her that she kind of finally did start to move on from that, and then because of her relationship with Hopper um, and where that was heading, and then that was taken away from her. So for both the buyers and for Eleven to all lose something, and then for Nancy and Mike to both lose something as well, or lose someone as well, um, as a result of them moving away very sad it kind of puts it at an interesting position now heading into the final well i say that is there going mm. to be another season apparently uh, at time of recording i've read everywhere that we're going to have an announcement imminently about a season four but they don't have to do one they've they closed it off and got rid of kind of the, the so far they've gotten rid of the, the whole underworld sort of stuff potentially unless hopper's in there there's not again I say that I just remember the after credit scene or during credit scene where we're with the Russians and they're walking along and they're heading towards this door clearly in Russia somewhere um, or at least within the um, USSR uh, walking along this long corridor they get to a door and a man says in Russian no no not the American and they move to the next door they take a Russian prisoner out drag him along kicking and screaming take him to this to somewhere way underground way 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 underground like hundreds of floors by the looks of it underground and then um put him in a in cage and out comes a demi-dog to kill him mm. 
So I guess, no, we haven't gotten rid of everything from the underworld. Also, why put in this scene if you're not going to make another season? It's pointless. Why reference an American? Um, Sarah and I... Oh, they, they sorry, sorry. Sarah and I speculated that potentially it was Murray, but then of course we saw Murray being dragged out of the uh, the, the Russian. What if it's lab um, what if it's um, the old doctor that ran the initial tests? It couldn't be because he was he was there he to. Didn't, he didn't die on screen though. But wasn't he part of the American army kind of or that that task force no. that came in? No, I mean the original Doctor. The one Matthew Modine played in season one. Brenner. Brenner, who originally ran the lab. What if it's him? I'd rather it not be. I'd rather it be someone like Hopper. But, yeah, it could be. Uh, Gee, see, we we don't know this. This is so difficult. The annoying thing is that it's a cliffhanger. I can't see it not being Hopper, because I can't imagine the show without Hopper. Yeah, he's almost too big of a character to let go like that. Yeah, how do you axe one of your main characters? It's not like he wanted to leave or anything. Well, then it begs the question. They can't just bring him back in one... If there's a season four, they can't bring him back in one season. It takes two seasons to bring him back. So how many seasons of Stranger Things are there? How many seasons are these kids signed up for? they've the duffers have said they either want to do four or five seasons so hopper can only come back at the end of season five as in reconnect with l and them as uh, and joyce at the end of season five they can't be they can't otherwise it risks doing what i feel happened in season two where it it tried to go as fast as what season three did but it rushes it a little bit it kind of gets a bit like and and yeah, try to do too much. Yeah, it, it becomes a bit um, a bit skippy, a bit like an old CD that's kind of skipping, like a DVD or something that's skipping along because it starts to skip things because it's going so fast. You know, yeah. season f- three, when it breakneck speeds, because they told something simple, they had kind of, again, big themes, but it was simply, simply told and only tackled a simple part of it. Plus it but, was a short story. Yeah, for, exactly. For season four to do that kind of be these russians see more of the russian side we didn't really understand fully the russians motives or anything about them other than that they happened to be there um yeah you know and that was okay because we weren't supposed it didn't matter what we knew or not we only heard what we needed to know um you know i want to know how the russians got there when hawkins is not by the water in any way. How did they get into an inland yeah, town? Yeah, exactly. There's all these questions and stuff, but they didn't tell us because it wasn't so relevant to the story they were trying to tell. So yeah. in introducing something, a big theme like the Russians entirely, how the hell do you solve the problem and get Hopper back to them if it is Hopper or whoever it is in one season? It's almost too much to tell, so it has to be two more seasons. Uh, but we, we, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, though. But um, it's kind of annoying. It's like we didn't... If it, It's annoying, but I totally understand why they did it. They had to have some sort of cliffhanger. They let the show end as the yeah. show should have ended, sadly, um, with that heartbreak. Yeah. Then they had their credit scene. After the show ended, the credits started. Then they had their after credit scene. And Yeah, it's a good way to do it. Yeah, exactly. You let it end properly. 
But now it means until the fourth one's fourth season's announced, and until we start to see trailers for it, until we see for the fourth season, is Hopper gone? We don't know, and we can't know. They could get to the first episode of the next season, and we they open the door to the American, and it is, you know, the other the original scientist, and we just had that hope or the whole off season for nothing. Exactly, we had the hope the entire off season for nothing. I wonder if the off-season will be as long as it was last time, because it was a year and a half that we waited this time. Nearly two years. Well, it depends if they started shooting or, or anything. We don't know that. Cause we, there's no not, word yet. Yeah, because there's not even been an announcement of another season. So they'd have to have a, a fairly sharp recording time to get in another season of the show. Yeah. Especially with such a high kind of um, quality and... and um, budget against the kids are, the kids is. are definitely getting older as well yeah the good thing is they've kind of acknowledged that so i don't think that in, in any further season there doesn't have to be any sort of hang up about that there doesn't have to be sort of any acknowledgement mm. of that because in this season by opening it up straight away that l and mike are in a relationship and um max and lucas are in a relationship and dustin's got his girlfriend yeah. they've kind of just already through that idea of girlfriends and partners and stuff like that just shown that it's yeah well you know, you can hear it in their voices. They're all—all all their voices are breaking anyway. Like they're all kind of grown up anyway. Yeah, they just gotten past that. I think, which is nice. Yeah, it's—it's it's always interesting mm. when you have a show like this to see them grow up through it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's interesting. So it, yeah, we'll mm. we'll see what happens though. But Stranger Things season three was, in my mind, fantastic, and I thought that it was probably. Season one was really good because it was something so different, and we're like, "Wow, what is this? What are they telling us?" And like the theme, the fact that it's eighties theme, yeah. it, it predated it, which I think did a really good job of kind of hinting at the same sort of timeline and and, and creating that world as well, really accurately, um, yeah, and making us really feel connected to that. I think that season season three is right up there with season one. I think season two. Again, I like season two. I like all three seasons of, of Stranger Things, but I think season three is definitely a much stronger thing than um, than uh, the last one, season season two. Yeah, season three is definitely stronger than season two. I it's it's interesting. Like I I I was one of those few people that that preferred season two over season one, mm. but now looking at it. I, it's so tough picking favorites with the seasons at all, really. I agree. But, <laughs> it is. At the, but at the same time, season three, just the second I got to the end, I went, no, nah, this is my favorite season far and away. It yeah. Just, it's like they'd finally perfected the formula. They did do a fantastic job of it. Like season three is such a sharp telling of it. And it's, it's funny. All three mm. seasons tell something so different. Season one, it feels like it goes over about a month or something like that. It's just kind of the slow yeah. unwindings of something. Season two feels like it's kind of trying to tell it over an even, even longer sort of period, but it's 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 catching us back up to something. We're kind of just jumping in midway through what's happening. And season three feels like it's the start of, or like it's the end of summer and let's get into it and here's a couple of days kind of thing. Or it's the start of summer even. Like it's it just kind of throws us into the start of the year as it is kind of thing so they all t they're all told really differently which i really appreciate that they've gone to that effort but yeah i just think that yes yeah, look it's hard to say season one or season three i'm not too sure but 
I quite like them in season two just because something has to be at the bottom. Yeah, that's season yeah, two. Yeah, fair. Um, fair. Drew, who do you think should be our sick Kent of the week? Oh, that's a tough one because I don't know. I don't know the answer either. Is it the fantastic performance by um, any of the characters, or is it a fantastic job by the Duffer Brothers to produce something so fantastically? Um, I don't know if we've given it to any of them before. I don't think so. I don't think so. Who are you feeling here? Probably the Duffer Brothers for having the foresight to make something so interesting that kind of works. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Okay, in that case, yeah. Duffer Brothers, you are this week's Sick Kent of the Week. Congratulations, you can um, either invite, invite us on set to see them, the filming of season four of Stranger Things if you'd like to collect your award yeah, in person. We'd, we'd or, happily, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we'd come along, we'd record an episode at the set. Exactly, look, and if it just means we're interviewing some of your uh, cast members or yourselves, look, that's fine, I don't mind doing that, I have no issue doing that at all, actually we got to give a special mention to that one fantastic scene at the very end of season three where Dustin finally gets hold of Susie. Oh, how fantastic was that? And, and just sitting in the car and he quickly changed the, the, the tune over just so everyone can hear that Susie is real. Unfortunately, yep. that means that he has to perform a fantastic rendition, a duet of um, Never Ending Story. <laughs> <laughs> that is becoming such a thing now. I've seen so many people performing that, but it's so good. They do such a good job. I of love it. that it happened just before we started recording. Before I watched, so Millie Bobby Brown's been getting people doing mm-hmm. the never-ending challenge on Instagram. Yeah, and I've seen her do it. Yeah, yeah well, there's there's been quite a few that have done it, but. The uh, the one that I watched just before could could well be the funniest of the lot. Um, now, what was her name? The um, actress from the original Never Ending Story. Uh, where is it? Tammy Stronach. She uh, played the childlike empress in the film. She and her daughter, who's the spitting image of her, went ahead and did an interpretive dance of it as well. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I do yeah. really like that. I appreciate. I appreciate that. That's good. That's good. That's almost full circle. Then it's right back. I love that they be. got on board with it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh dear. Well, maybe one day we'll even do it. Highly unlikely, but uh, yeah, never know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> 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 anyway, I, I yeah, sees. I say that, but no, I'm not at all doing that. Maybe. No, we'll see. Uh, anyway, that that uh, I think I think that just about does it for another week. Then. Yep. Um, thank you very much, as always, Mr. Drew. Uh, thank you, Mr. Phil. Excellent. So uh, we hope you've enjoyed that. We are on the countdown to 100, of course. If you um, have are. any topics, if you have any topics that you'd like us to revisit or talk about, or anything that you'd like us to discuss. Make sure you send us a message on the Facebook page or the Instagram page or anywhere, even on SoundCloud, wherever you want to. Or if, even if, or if you'd just like a shout-out on the 100th episode. Exactly. Um, you, you can even do it by leaving a five-star review on um, podcasts, iTunes. on iTunes, however you want to do it. It's totally fine. But, uh, yeah, that, that about does it for another week. Thank you, Mr. Drew. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Until we meet again. 
Yep.